Welcome to the Airmail Podcast. Airmail is an e-card platform where you can set your thoughts free via text or email. My name is Mel and I am the owner of Airmail eCards and the host of this podcast. You will find all of our podcasts to be just as uninhibited as our cards. So pull up a virtual chair and join in. Let me introduce our panelists for this podcast. You will find their backgrounds to be as diverse as their geographic locations. They will provide various perspectives on maintaining long-term friendships. Our first panelist is Dr. Shanita Cochran. She has enjoyed practicing as a clinical pharmacist and manager for 31 years. Shanita is a member of the American Pharmacists Association and the International Who's Who of Professionals. She has received the Outstanding Service Award and the Cool, Calm, and Collected Award. She believes in the power of prayer and healing. Shanita aspires to master her goal of creating multiple streams of income. She is a native of Georgia. She has two grown children, Kenny and Kristen. Shanita is thankful for the gift of life, family, friends, and fellowship. She enjoys reading, traveling, listening to music, and having fun. Welcome, Shanita. Our next panelist is Priscilla Myers. Priscilla retired from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois in 2015 after 38 years of service. She has been married to Robert Myers for 29 years. They have four daughters, two grandsons, and five grand dogs. In 2018, she moved to Dallas, Texas, and is loving it. Priscilla has volunteered in various organizations, including the American Heart Association, the Glass Slipper Project, DCFS Toy Drive, SSCEO, Tomorrow's Men, the American Cancer Society, the Alzheimer's Association, and Chicago Cares Annual Servathon. Priscilla, along with three of her friends, founded the Sister Friends Book Club 25 years ago. She is still involved with that organization and will be celebrating um, their 25th anniversary next month in Hollywood, Florida. Priscilla is also the president of Scarlet Sisters, which was founded 12 years ago. This organization made great strides in social and charitable giving. She serves as the president of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Annual Retiree Reunion Committee, which brings retirees together to fellowship. Priscilla is currently the secretary of the Dallas chapter of the Top Ladies of Distinction. Welcome, Priscilla. The next panelist is Pete Wyatt. He is a nonprofit executive in St. Louis, Missouri. Pete was born in Southern Illinois. He received a Bachelor of Science degree in marketing from Southern Illinois in Edwardsville, Illinois, and a Master's of Business in Business Administration from Southern Nazarene University in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Pete has three adult children. Pete views his friendships in three distinct segments. And in his first segment, as a leader in organizations like Anheuser-Busch, the St. Louis American, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and NBA's New Orleans Hornets, it was all about acquisition and the client. More money, bigger title, more stuff, and his friends reflected that. In Pete's second life segment, his thinking in life changed after a life-altering experience with a stranger. In this stage of his life, he led organizations like Feed the Children, RX Outreach, and the American Red Cross. The climb and the acquisition of stuff was no longer a core life pursuit. More money brought issues, Bigger titles brought stress. More stuff had to be managed and protected. This wasn't all bad, 
but extremely time consuming. This time would have been better spent with family, personal growth, community service, and real friends. Now, in his third life segment, Pete is blessed to fully understand how truly blessed he and his family are. He is enjoying delegation, a slower pace, deeper thoughts, better choices, and good long-term friends. Welcome, Pete. Our final panelist is Jarmella Nelson. Jarmella worked at AT&T for 22 years. She is a certified surgical technician. She now works in retail. Jamela served as the Girl Scout leader for over 10 years and was a member of the New Face Scholarship Committee, where she accompanied students on HBCU college tours. She is a native of Chicago that has relocated to Texas. Jarmella is number 10 of 16 siblings, the mother of two adult children, has three grandchildren and one grandpup. She enjoys reading, traveling, and spending time with family and friends. Welcome, Jarmella. Welcome to the Airmail Maintaining Long-Term Friendships podcast. Our panelists today aren't strangers to long-term relationships. So this should be an interesting and enlightening podcast. So let's begin. According to Healthy Lifestyle Magazine and the Mayo Clinic staff, quote, friendship can have a major impact on your health and well-being. Friends can help you celebrate good times and provide support during bad times. Friends prevent isolation and loneliness and offer needed support. Friends also increase your sense of belonging and reduce stress, boost your happiness, improve your self-confidence and self-worth, help you cope with trauma such as divorce, serious illness, job loss, or the death of a loved one and encourage you to change or avoid unhealthy lifestyle habits such as excessive drinking or a lack of exercise, end quote. Panelists, have you needed the support of a friend during a difficult time in your life? Tell us a little bit about that and I think we'll begin with Pete. Yes, I have needed support on several occasions. Um, the one that comes to mind that has, and we're gonna end up talking about this as a common thread, but one comes to mind was um, in a three week period of time, I had a baby, bought a new car, bought a new house. And then six months later, uh, I lost my job. So in stress, I had a friend of mine show up at 10 a.m. in the morning with a fifth of Jack Daniels and a, and a message. Oh. And we and we sat and we finished that Jack Daniels and life has been good between us ever since. That's wonderful that you had that friend show up just when you needed. Just when I needed. Just when you needed them to be there. Just when I needed. Jack Daniels has been my drink since then. And that was, <laughs> that was 34 years ago. Okay. Uh, Jarmella, you want to chime in? Sure. Um, basically, um, I've been through several deaths. I've lost both of my parents. And recently, I lost my oldest sister. And six months later, I lost my nephew. That was all this year. Yeah. So, of course, after going through so much of that, I'm constantly, my friends still to this day, 
are constantly calling me to check up on me, check up on my family, making sure that everybody has what they need and uh, making sure that if there's anything I need, that they will be there for me. Um, one of my very good friends makes sure that I'm still exercising. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what that is. <laughs> still exercising as well as uh, staying true to myself with eating right and making sure that I'm staying on the path of good health. So yes, I've been through it also. Thanks, Jar. Shanita? Yes, my bestie does not give me the chance to feel as though I'm in, in need of support because she's always there. If she senses anything or I share something with her, even if I just start off with just a little bit, she immediately steps up without hesitation to ask more questions, to listen, to help advise me. And she's always good with follow-up. She's been with me during a medical issue, a relationship situation, and the loss of a dear friend. Thank you for sharing. Priscilla? Yes, um, the dip, my most difficult time in my life was when I lost my mom. And actually before that, it was a, a really hard road because I, I was her caretaker and I had to take care of her. And it was almost kind of like 24, 24. But my friend circle was so, so tight that, you know, there was times when I would go over my mom's house and they told me, say, hey, Priscilla, whenever you need us to come over and sit with your mom, we're there. And sure enough, I had about three of them. They would take the time, come over and sit with her while I could go home and take a, a nap, lay down, relax, run some errands or whatever. And that meant so much to me because they came in and gave me a little reprieve from all the stuff that I was going through. And then when she passed away, they still were all right there for me. So that was my most difficult time of my life is losing my mom. So, yeah. And that is a difficult time. Absolutely. Um, before we delve into what you look for in a friend, tell me what makes you a good friend. And we're gonna begin with you, Shanita. Okay, I'm a good friend because I'm trustworthy, dependable, caring. I like to listen. I'm supportive. I'm present or make sure that I'm present doing good times and also bad. I like to have fun with my friend or friends. And I also like to surprise my friends because I want them to know that I listen to and know the things that they like. Okay. Priscilla? Well, you know what? Everything that Shanita just said, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm listening to all of the things she's saying, and I'm like, that's the same thing for me. Can you we know? just say, oh, can wow. we just say ditto? Can I we just know, say ditto, ditto for sure. <laughs> you know, I try to be there for them as they are for me. I listen, I, I'm trustworthy, you know, and I, I really value my friends because some of them I have had for over 40 some years and I have been married twice and I still got those friends. <laughs> friends do stand and do everything with you, don't they? Yep. <laughs> All right, Jarmella. Well, ditto. <laughs> no, we're not going down ditto on this podcast. No, we're going down ditto lane. You know, Shanita, Sh 
Shanita just summed it up so well. Some of the same things that I already had on there as being trustworthy, loyal, honest. I'm a very good listener. And um, even I'll tell somebody something even when they don't want to hear it. Because that's what a true friend is. But you have to have a way of saying it. And Mm. you have to be able to someone that you can disagree with without being judgmental. That's a good friend. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Disagree to agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> agree to agree. Yes. All right, Pete, and not with the ditto. Okay, the ditto. <laughs> it's okay, Pete. <laughs> y- y'all have messed up my ditto. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think I'm a good friend because I don't, um, and it's and it's different now. It used to be. But I pass a little judgment. You are who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's we're together now doing whatever it is we're doing. And I'm enjoying this moment. What you did before and what you do after, I'm not judging you for that because you're providing me the benefit of now. So there, there's just, you know, all that stuff that everybody has said, but it's um, you know, and I, you, you kind of read it in my bio, but it's, <laughs> but life has changed for me. So, um, so what you guys is hearing is, is something very different than what was 20 years ago. So absolutely. absolutely. Yes. 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 Okay. So with that all being said, what is the most important characteristic you look for in a friend? Is it loyalty? Is it acceptance? honesty or something else and how has that changed from what you were looking for in a friend when you were younger and so Pete, <laughs> take it away because that seems to be your hot spot <laughs> um this is this is about acceptance and compatibility right so um one of the things that i think women do that men don't do Mm-hmm. is women go do stuff. Men don't go do stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's um, like now. Um, I know women who have Bible study groups. They have um, uh, book club groups. They go on cruises. They go on trips. They, they, they go and they do stuff as a measure of friendship. Guys might have a golf outing for a weekend, but guys, generally speaking, you know, we're not going to Cancun to hang out for a week. We're not going to the Dominican Republic for a week as guys. We'll go as boyfriends, mates, spouses, but going as guys, there's just something about that. So for me, um, I'm kind of selfish in that, in that this is what I want to do. I hope you are compatible as my friend to go do that because I have a lot of friends and I call them all friends, but, you know, Mel, you and I are friends, but, you know, you don't golf. So I don't call you when I want to go play (laughs) golf. You know, Priscilla, we're just getting to be friends, but you don't ride a bike. So I don't call you when I, you know, it'll be kind of hard. It'd be kind of hard for me to ride from uh, Frisco, Texas down there to Chicago. <laughs> right. 
So it's so but he's so in Missouri. Is, well, okay. I'm in St. Louis Okay. But, I, but I just say it's about acceptance yeah. uh, of who I am and compatibility with, with what's going on. That's a, I, I like that this point of male bonding and furthering your relationships is out on this podcast. I think that's a thing that needs to, I believe, grow amongst men. So I'm glad you, you, you are putting it out there. Jarmella? Well... I would like to think of being a good friend as being loyal. But, you know, loyalty does not look the same when you're in your 20s as it do when you're in your 60s. That's right. Yep. You, you think something is loyalty when you're 20s, but in your 60s, it's a whole new world. It's really loyalty. It's a sign of maturity to me. Hmm. It is. Because you, as you mature, loyalty changes. Also, acceptance is one of the big thing for me. And that's also a sign of maturity. Uh, you're a lot more judgmental when you're younger. Absolutely. You to, yeah, the older you get, the more you say, you know, that's your thing, that's your thing, you know. Yeah. But when you're younger, you usually look for somebody that think like you, act like you, do some of the same extracurriculum activities that, that you like to do, like Pete was saying. And as you get older, you realize that sometimes someone that thinks the polar opposite of you could be a good friend also. You just open yourself up a little bit more and say, you know, I never looked at the situation that way. So I would say loyalty and acceptance, but it changes with maturity. And life does teach you a thing or two, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Priscilla? Okay, for me, what I look for in a friend is, first of all, we have to be able to gel um, and have things, kind of have things in common and being, um, you know, not com- not being competitive because I don't, I don't have time for all that. Now, when I was younger, mm-hmm. it seemed like it was a lot of competition all the time with friends, kind of having friends. Um, and I got past that because that was just, I started saying that, you know what, these are not my friends. These are associates, people I associate with, but they are not a friend because a friend would be a, we'd be on that same page together. Yes. Um, we'd yes. be able to gel together. Um, but that's what I look for in a friend. And the one thing about, and I don't know if I'm going forward but the one thing about my friends is I have friends but they're for it's like a chain or a circle and each bead or each part of that chain or that circle is different but we all come together under me Uh so I'm not Uh in that same circle as them with their other friends but when they come into my circle every one of them brings something to the table and we all gel together and yes. that makes my circle very diverse. And I like yes because I can get a little bit from each one. And two of them in that circle of mine may not even be able to get along. You know what I'm saying? But yes. when I'm there and we're together, it's all one peaceful circle. <laughs> okay. All right, Miss Peacemaker. Um, <laughs> let's hear from you next, Shanita. Okay, well, the most important characteristic for me that I look for is loyalty. And you can feel loyalty whether you're with the person or whether you see or talk to them every day or not. 
and you can just feel their presence in your life for all the things that they've already demonstrated with them being loyal to you or loyal to the friendship. When younger and even now, at that time when I was younger, I looked for loyalty. And to me, loyalty is not selfish, but it's caring and supportive and being there. So I still look for that same feeling. And that's what I like to see in my friend, best friend, and in anyone who's my friend. Well, thank you for rolling us into the next question I have, Shanita. <laughs> um, because I do want to know, do you have a best friend and what makes him or her special? And we're beginning with you. Oh, my best friend is so special. For she makes me and others feel so special as well. I actually enjoy not only that she makes me feel special, but I like when I'm around and she's with others and she makes them feel special as well. She's loving, caring, kind, likes to share, likes to have fun. She's honest, lovable, smart, creative. And you know when she likes something or not. And I feel that she's beautiful inside and out. And I always enjoy her. Shanita, you talking about my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Pete with the male perspective here. Uh, yes, because this woman's perspective is, is extremely broad <laughs> and varied. Yes, I, I, I do have a best friend. And, and the reason why we are best friends is there has been time invested in this relationship. I mean, we have, we have, I was going to say grown old together, but we have matured together. There have been ups and downs. Uh, I'm moving from Detroit to Oklahoma to St. Louis to Atlanta, uh, Chicago. Nothing changes in that. So um, that is kind of bedrock for me. But, you know, I mean, it, it's, and I, and I say on the guy side, but this is probably just me because surely there's nobody else out there like that. But, you know, we don't communicate a lot because we don't communicate a lot. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in the questions, but I mean, it's just, it, it, women just are very different. And then, and, but that's my boy. So I know where he is, what he's doing, what he's thinking, um, most of what he's thinking, but it's, but it's good, you know? It's just, a, it's a good, safe place to be. Seems almost like you're, you're almost talking dependability. I mean, that, when that, your bit rock. You know, but it's, it's dependability on, on a level that is uh, probably emotional, hmm. you know, because He doesn't golf, he doesn't ride bikes, he doesn't do anything physical that I like to do. <laughs> but when we get together, we're doing the same things, talking the same language and doing what we enjoy doing, which is being together. Okay. Um, Jarmella. Well, my question to you is, can you have more than one best friend? Mm. I think you certainly can. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have a friend, a very good friend. I, I call her my best friend via working at AT&T. Um, I can pick up the phone today and call her and we can start where we left off 
and we haven't talked to each other in six months, okay? But we've been there for each other. Marriages, divorces, children, moving. And I feel her when I talk to her. When mm -hmm. I talk to her, I feel her in my heart. No matter what she's going through, even if there's something going on and she hasn't told me about it yet, I know she's eventually going to tell me, but I can pick up on her voice and say something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I have other people that I consider best friends. Um, I have good. I have a best neighborhood friend, <laughs> and we call each other bestest friend in the whole wide world. Now she can't stand next to the AT&T friend. You know, we're just different. It's different type of friendship. Yeah. I love her like I love my AT&T friend. And then I have other friends that I just love them dearly, not at the same level though. So yes, I have several best friends and what am I looking for in them? Basically, I have to go back to loyalty and being there. Uh, that's all I can say, loyalty and being there. And my friends have truly been there for me. Mm. All right, well, let's change it up a little bit. So. When, I didn't do mine, man. Oh, oh, you forgetting oh, me? You don't want me oh, to tell about my best friend? Oh, I'm sorry. I do want you to tell about that, Priscilla. <laughs> Go on and tell me about your best friend, whom I probably know who that is. Right you sure do know that's my best. <laughs> but I'm like Jarmilla. I actually do have, I would have to say I have four best friends. Mm -hmm. And they're all different but the my bestie bestie best friend who you know Mel and Jarmella you know her too yes uh, I do I've known her for about it's been about 18 years now but it seems like I've just known her forever um we cry together I could tell her anything she knows some of my deepest secrets mm -hmm. um when we hang out we have a good time when there's heart, when there's times that we're going through emotional trials or whatever, we're there. She's there for me. I'm there for her. And one thing you said, Jarmella, when I when she, when she calls me, I can listen to the tone in her voice and I could tell if something is wrong, mm -hmm. you know. And she can do the same thing with me. Now I have another friend that I've been knowing for over forty years. Um, her daughter is my goddaughter. And she holds some of my deep, deepest secrets that De Deborah, who's my best best friend, who she may not know. So, mm -hmm. and then I got another best friend that I could tell other things to. So, and they all make me a whole because yes. I know that I could I could trust them pretty much in my life. And this might be kind of crazy, but my one best friend that I've been knowing who I'm her daughter's godmother, we used to always say, you know, you are my bestie because we could be on an island together. No, we could be on an island and my husband can be there and then you could be there. And I and I know I wouldn't have to worry about nothing going on between. <laughs> That's a whole okay. different question. <laughs> yeah, you have to take us down another path, Priscilla. That's a whole, that's a whole other <laughs> But I mean, she was trying to, and I think what what she was really saying, and I understood what she was saying, is that she uh -huh. trusts me. 
with everything mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but that was just now this was probably about 15 20 years ago when we kind of talked like that but i just had to kind of bring that one to the table. <laughs> but thank you, you for that, that you <laughs> kind of kind of stir it up a little yeah, bit stir it on up that's uh, why you're on the podcast stir okay. it on up. <laughs> okay so changing the flow and shaking it up a little bit uh, and Jamel, we're going to begin with you with this. When is a friendship worth mending and when should it be ended? <laughs> well, I say the older I've gotten, I'll say when it comes to mending, you should always try to mend a friendship. When I was younger, I would hold a grudge. Mm hmm but the older I've gotten, you should always try to mend it. I always ask myself, you know, if you didn't hear from that person or you, if you heard that that person was deathly ill, how would you feel? Hmm. Would you feel inclined to pick up the phone to call them? Or would you feel like you need to go see them? And if it didn't mean anything to you, then I guess that was one that you didn't need to mend. But I do believe in mending friendships. Friendships hold close and dear to my heart the older I've gotten. Um, so I think that you should, you should, um, you should try to mend them. Um, but you have to learn how to forgive quickly so that you can move on. So that that's and that's how I feel about it. Hmm. All right, Shanita. I feel the friendship is worth the attempt to mend if both parties are in agreement to mend and stepping forward to try to work it out to save the friendship. Like they have to be willing to talk here, listen, and maybe it could be a situation where they may need to forgive one another, I don't know, and willing to compromise if they had some sort of misunderstanding or a situation arose between them. But then also I feel that some friendship should end when the trust is gone due to what has happened or transpired, like telling lies or continuously lying, unlawful acts, undeniable je jealousy or competition, mm -hmm. coming on to a friend's man or constantly trying to mm -hmm. embarrass a person, or you find that constantly it feels as though that person is trying to embarrass you. So I think those could be grounds like to talk about it, to see, but it's just that some friendships end on their own anyway, so. Yeah, but then if it's worth saving, mm -hmm. then you'll both know that you need to work on it. If not, it's just best to let it go. Well, before I have Pete jump in, I just want to say, I believe that some friendships are for a season. Um, yes. Just like other things in your life. I don't think some people mm -hmm. are meant to be your close friend mm -hmm. through your entire life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm going to let you jump in, Pete. I just, so... Um, I agree with what's being said. If it's a friendship, and if it can be, if it can be mended, it's worth the effort. Mm -hmm. But again, I will say, men are different. We're, we're carrying a whole manly, macho, ego, all of that is in this mending. So, I believe there are a whole lot of man-to-man -man relationships that don't get mended 
because one of us won't pick up the phone because of the way it looks mm. or the way it sounds or any of that. But I, I had a good friend of mine. Um, and when I read this question, it was, have I ever really ended a relationship or just moved on, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One relationship that I ended in, in all ways, um, I had a good friend who was going through an absolute terrible time in his marriage. And I guess she filed for a divorce. Anyway, they were putting the house up for sale. And I said, he came to me and he said, I need help finding a lawyer. So I found him a lawyer, good lawyer. Um, with several weeks and he said, I can't do this because I can't afford it. I said, well, you're selling the house. I'll loan you the money. So when you sell the house, you're cut, I get mine back. He left town, sold the house. And there we'll forget, last week of July, he called me and said, this was several years ago, um, you'll have your money on August 1st, we close on August 1st. I haven't talked to him since then. And that's been several years. He left town. Uh, now he has another family, another wife, but he has not acknowledged that I paid for all of that. So that's a so that's a friendship that has ended. That's betrayal on a level that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I understand that. So because the only reason it was lended, it was loaned, was because it was coming back on August first. Correct. Mm -hmm. mm. And you trusted him to stay true to his word. Absolutely. We've right. been together. Absolutely. Yeah. We've been, we had been together and been through a whole lot, mm -hmm. excluding the marriage. Mm -hmm. We've been we've been through a whole lot, good times, and just like that, you know. I don't know how you do that, but mm -hmm. so if a friendship can be mended, it's absolutely worth mending it. Um, but if it's if it's betrayal or lies or something disrespectful directed at you, mm -hmm. then just let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Just, and then what that equals is that they're really not your friend or they exactly. turn out not to be maybe at one time. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, I will tell you, I you you'll hear me say this a lot going forward. But when I was when I was a kid, I would ask my mother a lot of questions. And she would answer that with what I thought was the stupidest thing anybody could say. Because she never answered the question. She would say, just keep living. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. I was asking, why is she so this? And why does he look like that? And why are you wearing that? She would just say, just keep living. And now, that's my line for all, this, all these young generations. My kids, just keep living. Yeah. Just keep living. Yeah. The situation will change. Yes. You know, I understand that because when I think uh, about my own mother and her ending friendship, some people didn't understand, you know, but as I got older, mm -hmm. I realized that sometimes friends just had to go. I mean, you know, you can do only so much sometimes to maintain a friendship. And when you mature, I think you have less patience for some mess. Yeah. Yes. 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 If you're bringing a lot of mess with you, you know, 
No, love you like, love you like you are from over there. Correct. Mm -hmm. All right, Miss Priscilla. Okay, now with me. Okay, when is a friendship worth mending, and when should it be ended? I think that it it would have to be according to what happened to jeopardize our friendship. You know, like if there was distrust, like some of the things the others were talking about, you know, then that would be a reason that I would have to walk away. Um, and one thing you said, Mel, is about friends are there, can be there for a reason and a season. Some of them you outgrow. And I know yeah. I have had friends that I had to say back in high school and uh, my fr freshman year college. And I remember them and I look back and I see where they went to. And I'm so glad that I let that, that friendship go because huh. it could have been that I could have been that same way. So um, we Thank outgrow- God for unanswered prayers. We sometimes <laughs> we, out, we do outgrow the friends. And as far as mending, and I have to, I really have to say you guys, I really don't have any friendships that I have had to uh, try to mend because I don't get, I won't get that involved with them. So it never gets to that point that I, you know, that I'm like that. And I feel like I need to uh, forgive them or, you know, I don't know. And I was sitting here while you guys were talking and I was trying to think about that because I always, I was an only, the only girl at home. So I, I kept, to myself a lot. So I wasn't one to just, you know, those friendly faces, you know, not everybody that that you hang around with or every or or whatever can you can call a friend. So I just and my mom, that was something that my mother taught me. So I kept I kept them from a distance until I was able to figure out if they really were going to jail with me or not. And they became associates. So that's my definition. Not everybody is your friend. You know, and my mother used to That's tell true. me that all the time. Not everybody to smile in your face is your friend. And that was something that I learned as I grew up. And I was always very, very aware of that. And I think if I, if there was any times that I could remember that that happened, they must not have been that much of a friend to me anyway, because I can't remember them. <laughs> okay so i want to know panelists are there things or subjects that are off limit to your friends priscilla you skip this question well no i'm coming back no, well can we skip can we skip it no oh he's saying can we <laughs> no we cannot skip it <laughs> yeah you know what i'll have to say to answer that most things are not off limits to my besties. Like I told you guys, my besties know some of my deepest, darkest secrets. So if they're my real good friend, they're going to know a lot about me. So I may, you know, tell them some things. So I, I don't know. I, I can't really say it's if anything would be really off limits, except for my personal life with my husband and stuff like that, then, you know, you don't want to get to, you know, tell them about what you're doing at home and all that stuff, which I'm not going into that. I'm going to stop right there. Next person. <laughs> she's, she's, she's throwing the baton to you, Pete. Yes. Oh. 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 Um, I'll, uh -huh. wait the, I'll wait to the end, no problem. Um, 
with my with my friends, there are absolutely off limit conversations. I mean, no, the, these things don't get discussed. We talk about what's happening now, um, that kind of thing. With my best friend, yes, there isn't much that's off limits. Mm -hmm. um, but like was just said, there are areas where we don't go. Right. Um, and and. I keep bringing this through in generalities. That's a hard place to go for men, right? I mean, that whole, you go so far and you talk about deeds, but you don't get into the emotional, intimate. You, you just don't go there. It's almost like a mm -hmm. system of, it, it's, you know, but I share those conversations and I had that kind of most conversations because that's how I measure my normal, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, to be, you know, younger, get caught up in yourself and it's, nobody else has this issue. Nobody else does this. But now that you are sharing and more mature in these conversations, you mm -hmm. find that and everybody's sitting around the table, got that issue mm -hmm. and this is how it was done. So, so it's, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, so with my friends, generally speaking, it, there's absolutely nothing really beyond normal to share. But with my best friend, he knows a lot, but there are places where I don't go there. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Okay, Shanita? Okay, no subject. I feel it's off limits. However, if my friend and I do not want to talk about something, then we will not. Um, we'll let the other know or if we shared as much as we want to share at that time about a given subject then we just let it go as that um, we respect one another's feelings and then move on to another subject or activity or whatever's going on okay Jarmella well I guess you guys have said it all um, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess I don't really think that there's a best friend. There's not too much that's off limits. Mm -hmm. Friends, yes, there are things that are off limits. Absolutely. You know, your best friend may ask you, have you ever tried this, did this, that? And you might be a little shameful at first. But then when you say, well, yeah, I did. That opens up another um, subject. However... There are some things that are truly off limits to some of my friends. I could sit there the whole night and they can laugh and talk about a subject. <laughs> and I would look at them <laughs> and wouldn't say anything. Like the bedroom. That's not your business. Right. right. I just, that's not an open conversation. Right. You know? Um, but there are some things, you know, that you do share with your best friend. You might uh share about a disagreement between you and your spouse right and what they said and what you said you know so so there are some my best friend best friends no there's really mm -hmm. no nothing that's really off limit but right. friends yes there's a lot oh, that's absolutely yeah mm -hmm. okay so um are there true male friendships that aren't super, uh simply superficial what do those relationships look like? Do you think it's rare for men to share their heart, their pain? Well, Pete, it's on you. 
I don't think this is fair at all. But we got do the it. floor, Pete. <laughs> You're the man, gonna, Pete. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. So um, the answer to that question is 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 yes. Uh, let me let me reread it so that I can answer it appropriately. <laughs> um, yes, there are true male friendships. Uh, I think that they they center around core things. Whatever those core things are, whether it's time, whether it's fraternity, whether it's old neighborhood, um, all of those things. Um, you know, you might not talk to your friend for for weeks, but when you do, none of those core things have changed. None of those things <laughs> that, that bind you have have, have changed. Uh, marriage has changed, okay. Kids have grown up, okay. But there's that core thing that keeps that keeps together. So yes, there are uh, true uh, non-superficial friendships amongst men. So, Pete. Um, so women tend to um, talk about things to try to work through them. And, and, you know, generally, you know, when women get together and talk, we're, we're generally trying to get to a solution to help our friend. So how is it with men? I mean, if there's a real issue going on, uh, are you all doing that same kind of follow through trying to find a solution or is your thought process just different? I, I think we go through a few more layers of you call it. No, you call it. No, you call it. I think there are a few more layers than that. Um, but, I, but that happens, you know, if, if there is a group involved here, um, I don't think it's a structure again, I'm a, I can only speak for me, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it's as structured of an outreach as it is with women because women will get in a room more often than men and bring it to the floor and allow things to address men won't you know i think it'll just go away right it's, so so there's a there's a i went when i when i lived in chicago i went to see a uh, a monologue stage priest play and it was called defending the caveman and part of this defending the caveman he was making the um he was making the point that this difference between men and women go way back to prehistoric stone age days because it was a joke but he was speaking as women were gatherers so they would go and they would gather but they needed to talk to drive away and scare away anything that they didn't want to see so they talked men were hunters in order to hunt you don't talk can't be quiet <laughs> So if you look at right, so if you look at men and women today, women hunt and gather, they talk. Men don't talk. So it's harder to get these relationships back together. You know, and things just move on, particularly when you have, you know, you got a group of guys and um there there are marriages involved, there are significant others, there are kids that go to school together. Um, there, there are all those activities where there is forced attendance in the same spot. That's just a more 
uh, lockdown tighter. We can get in a second part of that question too, but it, it's it's just something men don't do easily. Mm. We don't do it easily because we don't they don't talk. We don't, I, I don't know that we, in generally speaking, I don't know that we talked to listen. Mm. I think we just this is what I think. This is what you ought to do. I really don't care what you did or what you think you should do. This, this is it. And then you're kind of done with the conversation. Women drag it out and talk about it, pray over it, and you know, let's go have a glass of wine and you know, all that. Yeah. 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 Here. Ladies, you have anything you want to add in on this subject? I do. And my book club, which to let you guys know, we are celebrating our 25th year this year wow wow that's what that's what i'm talking about right we're going we're going to uh hollywood florida next month and celebrate our 25th year but when we first started out in our book club we started out it was four ladies um and during the time we did get a guy in our group and the one thing that we really really liked about that is that when we would read our books, we were so into, just like P says, we're so into sharing things among ourselves, among the girls. He was able to come in and he was able to give us a male perspective. So he helped us to see things from an entirely different standpoint. And it was really, really nice. He lasted for about three years with us. And I think his wife was like, okay, it's, it's time for you to get out because you've been around 11 women every month is enough. So, <laughs> but it was so nice just to get his perspective of things. And I believe like you're talking about true male friendships as it pertains to like having a female, having a male as a friend. I don't know if that's what you wanted to uh, uh, talk about too, but I, my thing is this, a male friend should know who your spouse is as well as if your spouse has a female friend, then she needs to know you. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a question in that. Have you guys seen that? that have, the, have you guys seen that Steve Harvey quote that, that clip about how he's defining friendships between men and women? No, what did he say? Essentially, he said, men are friends with women because they are being opportunistic. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a very deep conversation. He said that men are being friends with women because being opportunistic. Because right. the men are being opportunistic? The or? men are being opportunistic because on some level, there is a desire that she shares intimately with him. No, mm -hmm. I don't I don't agree with that. I actually have two male friends that are just and I have no desire whatsoever. No, no, no. He's not talking about, about you. He's talking about he's them talking about the men. desire for you. No, and I don't think he did either. I really don't. I don't. And we're friends to this day. He's an attorney. I've worked with him for many, many years. He knows my husband. And I, it's not, it's like a sisterhood with us. I'm sister and brother. So yeah. that's pretty much why that's like that. And the other guy is the same way, you know. It is some other Yeah, I want to say it's you know, always like day. opportunistic, you know. When I, when I heard that, 
I, I've always wanted to discuss it. So, I mean, it, it can't be here, but I, I heard that and I thought, oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with him on that one. Oh, yeah, I don't goodness. agree. Do you I wouldn't say it's always that. Now, there may be cases, but right, I think but it's possible always. for a man and woman to be just strictly, simply free, good friends. Uh, I, could, I don't know if it's agree, but I can see how it's possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I'm saying were, in some yeah. cases, I'm when sure you, that does when, happen. Yeah, when you were... When when guys are talking about work or if you're at work, mm-hmm. um, you know, the conversation comes up. And I don't know if it comes up amongst women or not, but, but I can see where... Uh, work relationships. I can see where church, I can see where those relationships are because he is being opportunistic. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it doesn't cost, it doesn't cost him. It doesn't cost him anything just to be a friend. But the implication in his message was he wouldn't say no. And so I just thought that took, was he done took that to a whole dip, another different exactly. Level. That was a yeah. lot of <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I, right. you know, Steve Harvey ain't no marriage counselor to me either. Right. I, I some of the things he say might, you know, kind of hit the nail on the head, but not everything. And for me, that one thing he just said is definitely not. I don't agree with him. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. Well, just hopefully, I, keep, I've, hopefully I've shared something that you nice. can, go, can go Google. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we're gonna leave Steve and, and move yeah, on. leave Steve back there. We don't want to talk about him. We're gonna leave Steve where he is. So, there, so, 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 Mel, there is a part of this question that I wanted to address, and okay. I know we're running out of time. But the the second part of that question um, was, do you think it's rare for men to share their heart and their pain? Mm-mm. Yes, I think it is. Right. And I'm not speaking of spousal sharing. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking in friend sharing. Mm-hmm. But even on the spousal side, um, it's a guy, it's the, like that macho thing. They got, they feel, there's, there's, it's a, it's, a, I think it's a man thing. It is. Under <laughs> all of this, under all of this, there is an insecurity yeah. Yeah. that says, I'm not going to present myself out there because vulnerability gets weaponized. And I've had conversations with uh, with women where I was open, honest, and me, only to have the situation when it got heated, it was twisted and weaponized and, and oh my gosh, why would I share that ever again? Mm. Why, why would I put myself out there for that? And it's the same when you're trying to tell men something. Now you, again, going back to that male thing that we all have, or that most of us, anyway, it, 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 it's, I don't want to be vulnerable. I'll, I'll keep that to myself. I'm not going to share that. And I, and I just think it's such a loss. Um, I think that's just such a loss for men. Well, they, they, it's, well, to me, it's that macho image that they try to keep. And I mean, I'm, they, you're a man as well, you know, but sure. it's, it's that, it's that 
that head of household, that provider, that strong, like you say, the man is like the hunter. He can't, he can't be wimpy or anything. So he's got to stand strong, even though inside he may be hurting and yeah. it may be something really going on inside of him that he needs to talk about, but he's yeah. not going to talk about it because he doesn't want you to think that he's any less than a man. I think that is manly. Do you think that's sort of changing some? Because when I look at athletes, there used to be a time when athletes never hugged each other. They were never crying. And when you look on TV now, they're crying after they've lost the game. There's yeah. a lot of hugging going on. It seems to be that things are softening with the coming general with this generation of you know younger generations. Um, do you think that's softening up? their vulnerability to be able to really open up themselves? No. no. Some of them maybe. A, a, sport, a sports hug is functional. Yeah. It's yeah. what you're supposed to do. But they used to never cry on TV, Pete. Now there's a lot of crying going on. <laughs> I agree. It used to be right. a thing for men not to even cry. They can't even cry at a funeral. See, see, you that's, know? That that's that generation, though. Okay. Our generation, we still, if we were athletes, we still wouldn't be crying and hugging. and We wouldn't do that. It would be the, it'd be the double dap. Good right. game and move and ride the car. Double down. <laughs> okay. All right. So if you are married or in a serious relationship and your spouse or partner doesn't <laughs> like your friend, should their relationship be discontinued and tell us why? Priscilla. Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. First of all, I'm, I'm, this is my second marriage I'm in. And my first marriage, that was the problem. My friends, they weren't very accepting of my friends. And that created a problem between us because those same friends that he did not want to accept, they're still in my life right now. Uh -huh. And during my ups and my downs and my turnarounds, those friends were there for me. So when I got married the second time, that was something that me and my husband talked about. And I told him, I say, I have friends and I am going to be there for my friends. And that was just, it's just like, okay, and I'm, I got, I'm blaming, he has children, I have children. Just like, you know, I have my children come along with me. It's a package. So my friends do too. And now it's been, it'll be 29 years this year that we've been together, my second marriage. And all of my friends that I had that I brought into the marriage, they're friends with him as well because they're, they, they, that's my circle. And you have to be able to accept my circle or, you know, we just never, probably would have never got married if that would have been a case like that, because I have to have, those are my friends. Those are like my sisters and I'm not going to change that, you know, for anybody. And I always looked at that and said, you know, Hey, show me, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. And they are all in my future right now. And I love him. And that first husband, he gone bye-bye. Pete? It depends on two things for me. It depends on why mm -hmm. the request is being made. And two, it depends on the, I know this is practical. I know this is away from the emotion, but it depends on the depth or the purpose of the friendship. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So there are legitimate reasons. You know, there's disrespect, there's uh, bad influence. There are, there are lots of them, but me personally, um, depending on that depth and characteristics and purpose of that relationship, we got to come to a middle ground. And even if the middle ground is said person disappears, we're good. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jarmella. Okay. Am I next? Yes, ma'am. Oh yeah, I was skipped. That's okay. What well, I can go next. Shanita, go ahead, Shanita. Okay, all right. I would want my spouse, a partner, of course, to like my friend or at least respect my friendship. But I would want to know exactly why he does not like my friend. I do not feel that the person just simply disliking the friend is a good reason to discontinue a valued friendship because right. I know that I would not ask or expect him to end a friendship with the friend. Just because I'm saying I don't like them, it would have to be more to it to justify, you know, ending the friendship. Okay. Jar? Okay. So just like uh, Priscilla said, you know, um, you're married in a serious relationship and they don't like your friend. I have friends that I've been friends with longer than I was married. <laughs> so, you, so, so, so it shouldn't be discontinued. And mm -hmm. I would, if I was in a relationship, I would ask him, I would, would he like to come along with us? You know, me and my girls are going out of me and her and our husband, would you like to go out? And after so many no's, I wouldn't ask him anymore. It's mm -hmm. just understood, you don't like her. And you know, the thing is when you're close, you can tell when a person don't particularly care for you. Absolutely. You can tell. And mm -hmm. so sometimes you just have to keep them separated. You know, I do this with you and I do this with her, but by no means am I leaving either one of you. That's right. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. So it wouldn't be discontinued. Okay. And you know what? I'm going to chime in on that real quick, real quickly. Most of the time, and this is what I have noticed over the years, most men, when they don't like your friends, is to me, I'll be. I feel like they want control of you and what mm -hmm. you and by you hanging with this friend, he feels like what well, the this other one feels like, you know, what well, she may tell her stuff, you know, about me, or I might be out there doing something and she see me and she might tell my wife. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, like it's mm -hmm. always a reason behind it and i think the main part of it is control it's control i it's agree control. and that agree. that that nips it in the bud right there they just want to be in control of everything and that's not happening yes i agree <laughs> yeah all right that's been summed up for you men folks out there <laughs> <laughs> okay uh we are coming to a close and I want us to leave some friendship advice for future generations. What advice would you leave with younger generations who are formulating and cultivating relationships? Jarmella, please begin. Okay, the advice I would say is keep your friendship circle tight. Mm -hmm. You know, um, forgive quickly and don't be too proud to apologize for any hurt or pain that you have, you know, put upon them 
because sometimes it's just truly a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And remember, when someone tells you or show you who they are, believe them. That's who they really are. Mm. That's it. Speak it. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. That's a finger pop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Super, hey. okay I would say to them allow yourself to be the friend that you want in your life enjoy the gift of cultivating friendships recognize that friendships really do enrich your life and that some friendships may last for a season while others may may last a lifetime and there's this quote that I will also share with them by an unknown author and it reads as follow a friend is one who overlooks your broken fence and admires the flowers in your garden. I like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. I like that. Yeah. Priscilla. All right. And my, what I, what I came up with to sum this up uh, as far as what we want to leave the younger generations with, there was a little poem that I came across uh, and it's called sometimes. And, it's, and it reads, sometimes we need a bridge and sometimes we are the bridge. No one I know has escaped troubled waters, rough seas and challenging scary days. There are times in our life when we could use a little help and other times when we are given the chance to be that help for someone else. Uh -huh. It really doesn't matter where you are now. What matters is that you remember we are stronger together and taking a hand is just as important as offering one. Mm. So I thought that would, that sums up friendship. It's like a bridge. You're going to be there to help that person get over and they're going to be there for you. So I like that. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. Pete? Um, I, I would tell them that your friends are today. They will come and they will go. Okay. Just keep living. Wow. Mm -hmm. you know, keep your mother's mm. advice going. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I would say allow room for growth mm -hmm. because there is no way you should be in the future, the same person you are today. So mm -hmm. as you're growing, you need to allow your friends to grow as well. And you need to be able to accept them as they're going through that process. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just leave room to see who they will become. Uh -huh. So I want to say, I want everybody to remember how important it is to maintain healthy relationships. So Airmail is leaving you with a final quote regarding friendship from an unknown author. Quote, keep the ones that hurt you when you never said a word. All right, that's a snap. Yes, right there. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's two snaps. Yes. <laughs> I would like to thank my guests today for joining the podcast. Please remember that it is important to continually connect with others. Be sure to go to airmail.me, that's A-I-R-M-E-L dot M-E, and send cards that tell others how you feel about them. Remember to subscribe to airmail.me and become a mailbird. You'll be the first to know when cards arrive. Your mailbird status will also notify you when discounts are available. 
Be sure to connect with us on Facebook at airmail.me, Instagram, airmail underscore me, and Twitter at airmail underscore me. Don't forget to listen out next month for our podcast, Airmail is Taking Flight. Bye for now.